Hi, and welcome to the Young Family Small Business Podcast, the show that deep dives into conversations with experts in small business, raising a young family, or are shining examples of mastery in both. My name is Ben Walker, and I'm the founder of Inspire, Life-Changing Accountants, and the host of this podcast. This episode is sponsored by Inspire, Life-Changing Accountants. We've worked with thousands of business owners since we started in 2013, and we're best known for saving our client base a total of $17 million in tax and counting. For every dollar of tax we proactively save a small business, Inspire donates a day worth of access to life-changing food, water, health, or sanitation services to a family in need. If you're interested in speaking with an accountant to see how we could help your business, head to inspire.business forward slash chat. G'day and welcome to another Young Family Small Business podcast. Uh, In this uh, podcast, I interview John Hollenberg, who is the founder of 5x5. Uh, Australia's highest rated digital agency specializing in providing a customized digital solution for their clients. Uh, their services range from web design, web development, SEO, Google ads, and hosting and support. John's got an awesome story. I've known him for, um, I'd say probably sort of seven or eight years now. Uh, and we've done our, uh, our own business websites for him. Even though I've got a personal website as well. Uh, and um, yeah, just love working with the team every time. Um, John's been in business for 16 years and got a team of almost 40 people uh, across the, the Gold Coast and in the Philippines, uh, and they've delivered uh, thousands of websites over the years, and um, John's a published author. Now, in terms of the topics we talked about, some some really cool stuff, especially around uh, building that relationship with your spouse. Yeah, just just his tips on connecting with um, the family over board games and card games. Also, just um, just a bit of a, a relational uh, tip as well. Um, John found awesome uh, value in the Gottman method uh, for helping relationships with your spouse. Uh, so we've got some stuff on that in the show notes, um, some some other resources he suggested, but he walks us through some of the framework for that, which is great. He shares some tips from growing from four to 40 team members, uh, some of the things that, um, that you need to sort of work on or keep in mind as you go through that, and the importance of building other leaders around you. So uh, yeah, thanks, John. Um, I, I know that our listeners will get a ton ton of value from our chat, uh, and I uh, hope everyone enjoys it. Cheers. Hey, John. Thanks so much for joining on the podcast today. I know we had to move the, the dates a couple of times, but we've uh, been really looking forward to the chat. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We had uh, a case of the spicy cough uh, a few weeks back, so uh, it's doing the rounds uh, here in southeast Queensland. Certainly is uh, too easy. um, Yeah, I guess the first question we always kick off with is tell us a bit about your family. Oh, all right. Uh, So I am married, have been married for 12 amazing years. There's been some ups and downs in that time, but still very happily married and uh, in an awesome space right now. I have my eldest, she is 10 years old and a son that is nine years old, 16 months apart. So there's some, uh, some very busy years in there. Uh, when they were much younger. Yeah. Uh, there you go. And we got a dog, a fluffy dog called Maisie. Yeah. Well, I was very reluctant about this fluffy dog, Ben. Uh, I, I'm not a small dog person, but she has slowly eroded that. And we now have uh, cuddles in bed. So um, completely uh, worn me down. And uh, she's, uh, she's actually a sweetheart. So I've got a new pre- appreciation for small dogs. I've always been a big dog guy. Yep, uh, there you go. What breed is, is she? 
She is a uh, Spitzy Poo, so Japanese Spitz Cross Poodle, one of these designer mutts that pay a whole bunch of money for. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Oh, very cool. Um, and so what do you like to do together as a family? We spend a lot of time. We're, we are a game-playing family. So I grew up playing a lot of, like, board games and my my parents would always uh, play like rummy cub i'm not sure whether you've heard of that before like a stone-based game uh like gin rummy style yeah so we play a lot of games um sequence like the latest obsession is one called greed highly recommend it to all young families out there uh literally ten dollars from kmart or big w and it's like a dice rolling game you count numbers and it is highly addictive yeah, so just a lot of like board games, which uh, creates space to be able to have chats uh, in this very digital world. It's something that I think has gone by the wayside. Actually, like carry a deck of cards with me everywhere as well. So I got a whole bunch of card games. Like, I'll take the kids for coffee in the morning or whatever. They don't drink coffee. I drink the coffee. But uh, uh, we'll always like have a game of spoons or something like that. Yeah, so I think it's just it's nice to to do that old school stuff, and the kids still enjoy it, and they still keep saying yes to me. So, yeah, we spend a lot of time doing that. Yeah, no, very cool, and and that probably is an easy way to keep conversations going and the banter. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. You know, I I I get pretty I get pretty competitive there, Ben. So I don't like to be beaten by my kids but uh it's it's good in terms of it teaches you a whole bunch of life skills uh my young fella inherited my competitive streak and uh you know working through some competitive issues there but uh it's good like all really just good analogies for you know working in the team and being a gracious winner and loser and uh, all that sort of stuff yeah yep uh, very cool um and, and i've known um you for Maybe sort of seven or eight years now, maybe even longer. So um, there's been quite about a that, yeah, yeah. Maybe it feels longer, Benny. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, and you and your wife both run businesses, um, yeah. and I know that running one can be freaking hard at times and and take away time, energy, and and cash. <laughs> but um, but how do you maintain your relationship uh, with your wife? I think it's it's about being very deliberate in the time that you set aside so uh, a little bit of context i've obviously got a, a, a digital agency so um work been working really hard in that over the last 16 years and have in the last few years been able to create a bit of space where we've got an amazing team that that do a lot of the heavy lifting now and i sort of come in in a bit more of a strategic role so i've got a little bit more space in life which means that, and, and my wife has done a similar thing. So, so my wife's business, she actually has a day spa and she's, she's got, a, well, my, my team's about uh, almost 40. Uh, she's got about 20 in her team now. So there's always stuff going on, but it's really about being deliberate in terms of like blocking out time, but also creating space as well. So I was talking about the board games before. It's actually, I, I sort of preempted this this uh, question in my mind: How we create space for general sort of chit chat and catch up is through playing these games. So we we're like big into cribbage. Cribbage is like an old school like card game where you you got the pegs and you border. You know you go around the board and all sort of stuff. Um, you're making up hands and all that sort of stuff. And and 
like most afternoons, we'll just have a game of cribbage where like we sit at the table, we pull it out, might pour a glass of wine, sip on a beer, uh, and then more often than not, just the conversation flows. So that's where we're talking about each other's days and, you know, getting interested in each other and all that sort of stuff. So by creating those opportunities, just by doing something, you know, random that doesn't require too much brain power, it just keeps us very much connected. Yeah, no, very good. And who normally wins the cribbage? Well, it goes head to head. Like I, 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 you know, I said I was competitive, but it's like a 50-50 split. Yeah, so down the line, Benny. Yep, uh, there you go. And so you, you, you would have had kids a few years into starting 5 by 5 How did that, like, did that throw some spanners in the works or? Um, sure it did. But honestly, it was, uh, it was the best thing that happened to my business. So I, I've been doing this for 16 years. Uh, as I said, web, web development agency, digital marketing, all that sort of stuff. I was very much the the one man show for about half of that for seven years, and um, I used to work a lot, like big hours, probably sixty hour weeks. This is when Louisa was she had a job prior to starting her business, and and like she literally like I'd be sitting in my home based office at seven a.m. working away in my in my uh, pajamas from the night before, and she'd you know get herself ready and go off to work, and she'd say see you later, and then you know five p.m. would roll around, and she'd get home from work. And I'd still be sitting there in my jump, my pajamas, and you know, I probably hadn't showered, and uh, but like still working away. And so I was, I was, I was going pretty hard. Like I was making some some good money, but it was all very reliant on me. So if I if I stopped, if I got sick, if I went on holidays, the money had stopped as well. Obviously, uh, we then um, we got pregnant with our our daughter, and and about probably three or four months out of uh of the due date uh my wife sort of sat down and said oh so you're going to be present at the birth of our child and i said yeah yeah of course i'm going to be there right and she's like well so how are you going to do that you know how are you going to keep your your clients happy and you know who's going to answer the phone and do all this sort of stuff so i'm like hmm i actually hadn't really put a lot of thought into that so that was a really good kick up the bum because then what i did i actually hired my first team member that failed horribly he hung around for 12 months. Uh, I learned a whole bunch of lessons and he, he was an awesome dude, but he just went on to another opportunity. Uh, I was still learning how to be a boss and, and all that sort of stuff. But what it did give me is, is a bit of taste of freedom in terms of what was possible by having someone else do the work and not always solely reliant on me to do everything from start to finish. And then you know, from that, employed some more team members. We had a second child, um, created some more layers in the business. And now I've got to a point where I literally working on average sort of two days a week, uh, drop the kids off to, to school in the morning and I'll go and pick them up this afternoon. And, and in between, you know, I'll, I usually do some exercise, go to the gym, maybe go down to the beach. Uh, a lot of the time I'm working on like special projects in the business so like I'm the creepy dude sitting in his car down at Burley Heads uh, car park, sipping on a coffee, looking out over the ocean on my MacBook in the driver's seat, typing away on a blog post or working on some marketing collateral or building an asset in the business or something like that. So I've got a, a bunch of flexibility in life now. Oh, very cool. I think I've been on one of those Zoom meetings with you in the car. It's <laughs> like, where will John show up today on Zoom? Yeah. Fantastic. And, and hey, um, I know we were talking earlier uh, before we, we kicked the podcast off about 
um, just how you dealt with some of the challenges in, in your marriage. You mm. sharing, walking us through some of the tools you've learned over the years. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So anyone who has had two kids under two will attest that uh, life gets pretty darn busy, and um, there isn't a whole bunch of time to or, or, or energy to reinvest in each other. So, yeah, essentially, uh, probably, when was it? Maybe two or three years into the marriage. So the kids were still very young, just butting heads, generally just not in a good place from a relationship perspective. But the general mindset, both so both and I, both Louisa and I um, have always been into you know, self-development and we've done like all that, you know, the Tony Robbins circuit and all that sort of stuff. But there was still a heap of stuff I think that was lingering that was affecting each of us and our ability or how we were physically showing up or physically, emotionally, mentally in, in our relationship. So if, you, if you're not, if you haven't sorted your stuff out, it's very hard to then gel with another person uh, in, in that sort of intimate manner. So, so spent a lot of time working on ourselves. Both of us were able to move a whole bunch of stuff, which has put us generally in a better place. So I'm sort of jumping around a little bit here, but but we'd always been invested in in marriage counseling. So I think over the years we've we've had like six marriage counselors and and you know some we gelled with, some we didn't, but have spent a significant amount of money on marriage counseling. But that's that's a drop in the ocean compared to you know the marriage failing and and us getting divorced and you know splitting everything down the middle, right? So that, that was the last thing we wanted yeah. um, for the kids financially, all that sort of stuff. So I've always been very committed to the counselling side of things, and it wasn't until so I probably hit a bit of a flat spot maybe two three years ago, and and you know like any relationship and and business, there's there's ups and downs, and you, you hit good periods and then flat spots and all that sort of stuff. And we'd hit a bit of a flat spot going back two years ago. A friend had recommended a methodology called the Gottman method. And this dude is super interesting. Um, what I'll actually do, Ben, is send you a YouTube video. It's like a 30-minute presentation that he did. Like it's a really bad 90s like sort of talk show, but the content is awesome. And his, his name's John Gottman. I think he was like a research scientist or something, he, 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 but he had a degree in psychology as well and, and took this really scientific approach to to observing relationships where he got, it was over 3,000 couples. He actually built a purpose-built B&B and with their permission, filmed them. So it's like, you just picture this like big brother house where they're, you know, having these day-to-day relationships that you would have with your wife as you, you know, preparing dinner or, you know, getting ready for bed or reading the newspaper or whatever, right? The interesting thing is, so so obviously there's all these cameras in the house. um, They've got ECGs attached to them they're getting their bloods and their urine taken obviously ecgs for heart rate blood and urine for like hormones and and stress and and uh, immunity and all this sort of stuff right and looked at it from a very you know scientific measured approach in terms of what different situations did to the body and and how they sort of coped with that so and then from that he put together this framework called the sound relationship house which is seven sort of key steps, uh, but like the key takeaway in all of this 
was uh, it showed how couples fought, as in how they disagreed with each other, and then how they subsequently made up was the ultimate success factor. Wow. And, and the marriages that became stable over time were the ones that learned how to re- successfully reconcile after a fight. Yeah, so super interesting and, and very much like uh, I'm a pretty sort of analytical black and white sort of dude. It's like, you know, show me the science or show me the numbers or whatever. And it just sort of clicked with me. So I'm, I'm happy to talk about like the seven steps and then sort of highlight or illustrate how each one of those things works. And when, because when he explains it, 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 it makes a whole bunch of sense. Yeah. So like if, you, if you're looking at it, so there's this thing called the sound relationship house and, yep. you, and you look at the foundation, like building a house, you've got to get your foundations right. Otherwise, the whole thing's going to come crumbling down. Um, so their foundational step is what he called building love mats, uh, love maps. <laughs> Sorry, not love mats, love maps. And, and the basic premises of this step is like couples that know each other uh, really well are the ones and, and, and they're, 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 so they know each other, but more, more importantly, they're very curious about each other. So they'll always block out time to, to have fun together. So an example I gave before was like playing cribbage where you sort of create this step or this, this space to become curious about each other. This builds trust, this builds safety. So examples of this is, you know, like, what are you reading at the moment? Uh, if you're a superhero, why? Uh, you know, what is the top three things on your bucket list? And there's like just basic like friendship 101 stuff. Like you learn how, you know, in the playground and all that sort of stuff. But I think after you've been married for so long, you, you lose that sense of curiosity. Would you agree with that, Benny? Yeah, ab- absolutely. You can become, well, you know, they call it a honeymoon period. You sort yep. of really invest at the start and then that. That incentive or that um, not incentive, but the the motivation might um, drain off as the years go by. Hundred percent, yeah. So you got to be, it's got to be very intentional about that curiosity. And they've actually got a there's a, there's an app that we can reference as well that like literally gives you like fifty questions you can ask your partner or or yep. whatever. And I find myself like if I got a date night booked in, <laughs> uh, hopefully Louise is not listening to this. Like. Um, <laughs> I'll literally like have two or three questions in the back. And like, these would be questions like I've never asked her before. Just, but what it does is it just creates conversation where you're sitting over dinner and you just ask some random question that, you know, creates this 20, 30 minute discussion about some obscure thing that they're interested in or whatever. So that's step one. Yep. Step two is sharing fondness and admiration. So couples that did really well say things out loud. Yep. So an example of that would be, you know, you're a great parent or thanks for bringing in the washing. Um, and, and like, seems super simple. But I think when you're in a marriage and become complacent, that sort of stuff stops showing up on a day-to-day basis. Yep. Um, and, you know, it's just human nature. People like to be thanked for doing a good job. Uh, you're, you're, a, you're an accountant by trade, Benny, and they talk about this emotional bank account where you need to do 20 deposits if, for every one withdrawal. So a deposit would be an example like, you know, you're a great parent, thanks for cooking dinner, whatever, whereas one negative, which invariably happens because we're humans and we make mistakes and maybe we come across overcritical or whatever, or you have a fight and you say something that, 
maybe in the heat <laughs> of the moment you didn't mean or whatever, that's a withdrawal, right? So you've got to have credits. If you, you cannot keep withdrawing from that bank account, mm. otherwise you, you create that deficit. So that's, that's that are the basic premise of that. And that's then what will promote affection and physical closeness and, and all, all that sort of stuff. Third one is turning towards instead of away. So what that means is, so he, he calls these people master couples, so people that have, that have been able to sort of transcend and uh, invested over the years are in their relationships. And it's it, like you, you'll, I, I noticed myself doing this. So when it was explained to me, like I'll be sitting there reading the newspaper and my wife's sitting next to me and I'll go, eh. and then normally, like if someone's interested in that, they go, oh, what, what's that? You know, like they, <laughs> okay. So then the follow-up, so, so, so he was observing these couples and the couples that were having the issues, the person after they go, huh. They get no response. There'd be silence from their partner, right? And then they'd try again. They'd actually go, wow, this is really interesting. You know, say something like that, like to promote this discussion. So then that was like the second prompt. But the, the, ultimately the relationships that failed were the ones that ignored that second prompt. So silence would reign and they're just, you know, people would get basically shut down. So it's being observant and, and looking for those different cues where you can open up free-flowing discussion. And I was really bad at this for like, I because, I, you know, in my mind, you know, as a business owner, sometimes you're busy in your head and all that sort of stuff. And I'd come home and I'd still be like thinking about all the problems that I need to solve and client work and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, Louisa would be giving me her version of the, huh, and it'd be nothing. They'd just be like, I'd be lost in my thoughts, right? Yep. I'm guilty um, of that too. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's what they call turning towards instead of turning away. Um, so the partner doesn't feel let down, they don't feel ignored, all that sort of stuff. The fourth one, positive perspective. So, what what are the negative stories, the negative narratives that you're running in your head? So, really, just unpacking that. Are you, uh, you know, are, are you carrying old baggage from the relationship? Just the filters that you're running each situation through, like um, you know, if you think this person's always critical of me, then whatever they say is going to be critical, right? So it's having an awareness around that, and then the big one is just around conflict. So this is, I think, what they step five. The thing that he observed was every single couple still had conflict, um, and and there were all the same perennial problems around parenting, finances, you know, family, house, all that sort of stuff. But it was it was more around how they were able to manage that conflict. So it's very much around the questions, you know, why is this important to you? What would be an ideal outcome here? Asking just better questions and being able to have that dialogue without being super critical. So he calls it like the skill of repair, you know, and, and a lot of the time you'll still say stupid stuff. Like I still say stupid stuff to this day. But then it's, it's, it's around how you can go and repair that. So, you know, say from a, from a finance perspective, it's like a, a statement, honey, uh, we really need to have a look at our finances and make some decisions. So that means that the partner can show up and come yeah. ready to listen, right? Whereas like, you spend money all the time and there's no money left in the bank account and why did you buy that and all that sort of stuff. And they're like two very, very different conversations. Mm. And then, you know, if you are having a blow up, you're having a big fight or something like that, it's like in the moment repair. So it's like, hey, how can we slow this down? 
yep. I'm feeling a bit criticized right now. Can you try that again? <laughs> um, if that still doesn't work. Then like, just, just stop it altogether, you know? Uh, and then, yeah. So, so like, that's a, that's, that's the, like the number one skill that we've got from this is just being able to just fight fair. Cause I, I'd say stupid stuff. And then I, you know, regret that, make a big withdrawal from the emotional bank account, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So then, uh, and then the final, we got, uh, make life dreams come true. That's uh, so this is, this is where you're obviously living a, a shared life together and you want your partner to ultimately feel engaged and fulfilled. Uh, so, Benny, like, give me, give me uh, an example of something that you're super interested in that maybe your wife isn't that stoked about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Say boys trips. But isn't boys it? trips. All right. Well, you got a couple uh, of young kids, so like yeah. busy times at the moment. And I guess the challenge is, is like, it almost seems like at the moment on the weekends, if every sort of hour away is almost like a day away, that's kind of the feeling. Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's an example. Now, I remember being in that phase of life and, and I would get tremendous resentment. Like, you know, when I, when I get back, cause Louise would be home with the kids and they'd yeah. all like, every time I went away, they, they managed to get sick as well. Like, I don't know what it was, but so then, you know, I've been dealing with sick kids and, all that sort of stuff, right? But but like the important thing for for Benny as as a man and a, a business owner and and someone that needs to feel fulfilled in life is to get his his bloke time, you know, to go there and do some bloke stuff, sit around the fire and drink a tinny and do all that sort of important stuff, right? So then it's it's really about how each of you can support each other to do these things. Yeah. So in this instance, you know. Benny, I want you to go away with your mates because I know you come back and it makes you a better dad and a better husband and all that sort of stuff. Mm. But we just got to work it in with the family, right? So, so then it's just sort of having uh, more of those uh, thoughtful adult-style conversations. Yeah, yeah. And then regular check-ins. So just, just checking, like, you know, say you, your wife is at home. Like, are you still happy in this role? Are you still happy being at home with the kids and doing this 24 7 or you know you feeling fulfilled all that sort of stuff because that's what happened with my wife she got to a point where three or four years of being at home she was like i can't do this anymore like i need a life and that's where she started her business and amazing things have happened since then so yeah that's cool and so where, where do we go to sort of get a bit more info on that is it it's, has john got a book yeah, yeah, I think he's got a bunch of books but there's as i said probably the 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 thing would be there's that 30 minute youtube video um, and then the way that I think he's he's modelled the IP is you have uh, facilitators all around the world. Mm-hmm. So we worked with a, la- a lady here at, in Burley Heads, and she's just certified in the Gottman method. Mm-hmm. Um, and they'll basically you know run you through the standard process and and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, very good. I really appreciate that. That's the first time we've had that sort of um, yeah, like really practical tools and and things that we can use to sort of really uh, boost the a relationship with our spouses it's um, it's hard when you when you got young families like usually it's the the marriage that suffers and you know we've got someone really close to us um three kids young kids and they're separating and it's just like oh it's just yeah. sad like the, the losers of the kids right so I, I think the more you could talk about this and and it's funny like i was i was in some pretty dark times where i'm you know like i don't i don't know how i'm going to make this work like i, don't, I just don't know how we're going to get through this 
but you sort of you do the hard work on your on yourself first and then in the relationship and you just just get to a good place like louisa and i i actually can't remember the time last time we had a blow up but and then we, it was funny like we'll have a blow up and then we'll actually laugh about it i'm like i'm really sorry that was a stupid thing to say or whatever and like we're over it whereas before going back years ago like that'd linger for a week or two and and just silly silly stuff so yeah Oh, uh, awesome. Awesome. Ah, oh, geez, I get so much out of this. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I guess th- thanks for sharing on the family stuff. And um, obviously what, one of the, the key things I'd love to is dig into your career and business um, journey as well. Yeah. So, yeah, if you walk us through ha- how you came to start, what did you start doing and how did you find yourself there? Oh, I'd always worked in small businesses yep. and um I'd been, I literally, so, so I uh, graduated back in 2001 down in Melbourne from university. It took me like six months to find a job and I was just, there was no digital industry back then. <laughs> I, uh, my first boss took me in. I, I didn't get paid a whole bunch of money. I think I was on a salary of like $20,000 a year, but just wanted some experience and experience he gave me like literally the first day on the job. He sent me out on a sales call and I'm like, I had, I wasn't even in the sales role. I was supposed to be like building websites, right? Wow. He's like, you're going to go talk to this person. You're going to go sell them a website. I'm like, all right. So <laughs> <laughs> went out there and and uh, the actual conversation went all right. Um, and we agreed on what we we're going to do for them. And then I'd send them an email with a price and they said yes and all that sort of stuff. So like just, just threw me, literally threw me in the deep end and then, I still did a lot of the hands-on technical design stuff, but got really interested in the sales side of things. And then from a sales perspective, similar to a marriage, you got to work on the psychology and, and uh, you know, went down the route of uh, all the, the corny American sales trainers at the time, like you know, Tom Hopkins and Brian Tracy. And like, he actually took me to a Brian Tracy seminar. I got a picture of me standing next to Brian Tracy. And that got me like really interested in self-development and uh, all that sort of stuff. So look, ultimately that business that I was working in fizzled out and, uh, but then I had the opportunity to, to start um, my own business. Literally just had a handful of clients, started with one or two clients. As I said, working at home in my pajamas, building websites, uh, that was 16 years ago. And then, yeah, it's sort of, it's grown from there. So uh, I'm very unemployable now. Ben could never, ever work for anyone. Um, but yeah, I, I think the, um, a friend and mentor of ours uh, says like owning a business is the ultimate self-development course you will ever do because every gap and deficiency and, and uh, thing that you haven't sorted out between the years the universe will shine a big fat spotlight on that and uh, bring it to the surface time and time again until you sort it out. Yeah, well, isn't that true? Yeah. <laughs> um, and and I guess yeah, you, you mentioned earlier that you've got maybe forty team. Um, that's that's an impressive number. And and how how have you gone managing the growth there? Because that's yeah, for someone who might have like three to five employees who's, who's listening, yeah. Um, and, and growth is what they're focused on. Um, how would you sort of go about telling yourself back then to go from sort of four to 40? Oh, good question. Four to 40. Um, look, it all comes back to to you as the individual. Like you've, you just got to sort yourself out. Um, 
because you think you've got a you've got a good sized team yep ultimately you've got to inspire people to want to follow you on this journey so that's where you know every day i wake up and i think well how can i be that inspiration to people for them to want to show up to work every day and do cool stuff that makes them feel fulfilled and have a bunch of fun along the way. So that's the real thing. And then I approach that in a few different angles in terms of just through energy. Like, you know, am I excited? Do I show up in the office excited and, and uh, you know, a big smile on my face? How do I physically show up? Like, have I done my PT for the morning? Have I done my push-ups? Have I done my breath work? Have I, you know, set my intention? All, all that sort of stuff because they're all the subtle cues that, everyone else is is picking up on whether you're a, a leader or whether you're a father or, or whatever this is all the stuff that people are ultimately observing in you so it's really just around how can you be the best version of yourself yeah so i remember having a lot of fear around because it's easy you got one or two employees or a couple of handful of employees like you can sort of you can hide a little bit you know in your life and and fake it till you make it and all that sort of stuff but as things grow and scale, you've then got to build other leaders around you as well. So, so you know, we've got a solid four key leaders in the business, um, you know, and that's where I spend probably 80% of my time just managing and maintaining those relationships and trying to grow those individuals so that then those same attributes can then flow through down, down through the tiers. Because if to do it with 40 people, it's really hard, right? You just don't have enough time in the day to do so. But if you can do it with your leadership team and they can re- replicate some of those attributes or those qualities and they, they bring their own version of that um, to life in the business, then uh, things just all organically sort of happen from there. Yeah, awesome. Uh, that's that's some, definitely some good, good things to keep in mind. And um, what are some of the main strategies or ways you, you sort of achieve that work-life balance? Because, you, yeah, you mentioned you're working about two days a week and you're able to pick up the kids and drop them off. and uh, and that sort of stuff that didn't happen on its own, I'm guessing. <laughs> no, like I think you've got to be really deliberate about it. So you know, it's, it's living and dying by your calendar mm. in terms of blocking out time, locking locking in the really important stuff, and then also just just trusting. So like you know, building just amazing people around you. Like we've got an, an amazing uh, CEO, Carla, who you know. Um, who you know, I, I implicitly trust and know that she only has the best intentions for for the business, for the team, for the clients, all that sort of stuff. So it's it's also a bit of like letting go, because man, I was a super control freak for like years and years and years, and I get in there and I'm like meddle with stuff and like check on client communications, and yeah, I still do a little bit of that just from like a QA perspective, but. You know, it was it was at the detriment of the team, undermining the team. So I think like trust is a big part of that. Yeah, but in terms of the time, like the balance, it's just being deliberate. Going back to your question around uh, what happened with the business when we had our first child, mm. like literally, I was working twelve hour days. Um, what happened was, uh, you know, I leave in the morning at eight thirty, and then like Louisa. As I left, she said, you, you will be home at 4.30. And I said, yes, I will be home at 4.30 or 5 o'clock or whenever I finished, right? And I made sure I was home because like by 
by her having eight hours with two kids under two or whatever, she'd had enough, right? She wanted to handball the kids and um, me staying in the office till eight o'clock at night, that, that would have not gone down well, right? So, so then I went from this window of like, okay, I got 12 hours to get stuff done where I probably wasn't that efficient anyway and fluffing around and doing stuff that I shouldn't have been done, like to down to eight hours. Like I've literally just uh, lost a big whack of that, right? So how am I going to get it done? How am I going to delegate? How am I going to be more efficient? How am I going to get the same amount of stuff done but in a, in a smaller window? And you just kept on chopping off hours. Pretty much. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're just getting stuff off my plate, getting other people that are smarter, better, more talented to do it. And then you're just the the conductor, the conductor of flow where you're just making sure that there's checks and balances, everyone's doing what they need to do. You're solving problems for people. You're coaching them. You're selling the brightness of the future and just ultimately being that uh, that inspiration that that they need around them. Uh, fantastic. I love it. We haven't even got on the technical stuff yet, but uh, yeah, no, we've, um, we've actually probably built three or four sites over the years through five by five and um, yeah, love, love the experience each time. But um, yeah, would you be able to walk us through maybe on a sort of high level, the, the methodology that you've got? Cause I think, yeah, I, I love the clarity on it. It's almost like people think the website is it, but, um, but there's so much more that goes into it than, than just that. So yeah, 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 sure. So, so that was a realization that that we had going back a couple of years ago, where we, you know, we pitched ourselves as website designers for many, many years, and and it was all just about the website. But then the realization we had was, well, it's actually not about the website; it's about the outcomes that the website generates. So, either a client, you know, needs to look the part and and have the validation that they're the go to you know, lawyer and accountant or financial planner in their space. Some more of that validation piece uh, because a lot of their work comes through referrals uh, or they're through their existing networks. <clears throat> or secondly, it actually needs to get the phone ringing, right? It needs, they need the leads and inquiries. They need sales through their website. So it usually falls into one of those two, two categories, being an authority or actually getting, getting the leads and inquiries or combination of both. Both. Um, yeah, spot on, right? So, so that's and that's the sort of hybrid digital world that we live in now. Because even if, even I say like, you know, I tell my my brother in law go talk to Benny. He's the best accountant in in Brizzy. Um, he's probably going to go and Google you anyway, right? To make sure that you you are who you say you are. So, so that's the typically the buyer journey that someone will go through. And so then what we did was we we really honed in on that performance based marketing which largely is driven through getting a sound strategy. So similar to the accounting world, uh, you need to get your, your corporate structures right and, and, and get all the foundational stuff sorted. So that's where the web strategy comes into play. So strong focus on that. We'll spend a whole bunch of time in the early stages uh, in, in the initial engagement with a client, like just unraveling their business, you know, who they are, what they do, how they do that, who they do that for, getting clear on the client avatar, all that sort of stuff. And then from that, we can propose a digital solution, which obviously usually the website sits in the center and the hub of that. Maybe their branding isn't where it needs to be. So that's their logo. So we can help them with that. Refresh we, for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's correct. Yeah, we did your logo. I forgot about that. And another big blockage is in and around the, the visual assets. So, you know, say, can you send me some photos of your team? And like, I don't have any photos of my team. 
So we will actually go and facilitate a photo shoot where we get the whole team together and we simulate well, what does a client journey look like? If someone walked through your front door, what's the journey they, they take? And we make sure we capture that through photos. And, and in the last two years, obviously, we haven't been able to do a lot of the face-to-face stuff. So that's why this stuff is really critical because you want to simulate what a client journey looks like. We'll go and shoot a video as well. So that's like a why video, why, they, why the business owner gets out of bed and, and does what they do. Copy is a big blockage as well. So a lot of the time, people just struggle writing about their business. So we've got a, a copywriting team as well that will basically go and extract that information from the client. And then a big part of this, the, the driver really behind the leads and inquiries is focus on SEO. So search engine optimization and making sure that ultimately the website gets found in Google for their products and services uh, with all the associated keyword phrases that someone might type in to find them. So throw in a bit of hosting and support in the mix and you have got what we call the burger with a lot. It's all the works, Benny. It's got the pineapple. It's got the egg. It's got the cheese, the pickles. Um, Yeah, bit of beetroot. That's right. Yeah. So we actually call it the burger with a lot and uh, it just allows us to, to deliver a really good outcome for a client. They're spending some more money, but they're actually getting the outcomes that they want Um, and that investment usually pays for itself many, many, many times over. Yeah, yeah, especially in that professional services space, and sure does. what I don't know where we're an example of professional services, but so many of our clients are uh, as well in different sort of related professional service industries. So um, yeah, yeah, uh, it's um, yeah. Uh, I mean, I love it, and and digital marketing is pretty close to my um, heart. I when I started Inspire in 2013, I um, first three months were great. You know, I um, you know, hung the shingle and. Uh, and a lot of people came to us from from my own network, um, you know, family and friends said, "Oh, you know, Ben started. I might switch switch my accounting just to help him out." Um, and then what I found is the uh, the network extinguished pretty quickly, and what I thought was growth like that turned into like, and um, and then yeah, I was I made decisions, hired team, found new space, and then going, "Oh, geez, this um this growth isn't um linear." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you had to become a good marketer, Benny. I had to. Yes. I had no no option. I had a lease to pay for. <laughs> I remember the old office. Uh, it was pretty it was it was a cool office, but I think it was stressful at the time for you, wasn't it? Absolutely. Yes. Um, yeah. Learned a lot of lessons though. Too many, maybe in a short amount of time. But um a lot I of got, got those all over and done with. Yes. Yeah, all the all the really crazy stuff. Yeah. But um yeah, digital marketing definitely stood out to me as a um a very sort of long term, and it's almost like your your website. The effort you put into it is a, is an asset that produces yeah. your, um income, and if done well, should produce a dis- disproportionate output as well. So you took look at in- input and output. You know, we spent a lot of time writing blog posts for many many years. Like to this day, we are now yielding the results of that. Um, from an evergreen perspective, the content is still relevant and could still, you know, one blog post written six years ago still drives targeted traffic to our website day in, day out. Yeah, absolutely. I remember um, when Stevie, my wife, was studying out at Gatton. Um, she was sort of doing practical stuff throughout the week and then on the weekends I caught up with her and she was studying most of the time. And uh, I was writing blog articles um, and learning SEO myself back then and I can absolutely relate some of the stuff I wrote then back in sort of 2014, 15 um, is still our highest performing cool. organic search results. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's 
hectic, but um, it works. Um, sure does. Yeah. All righty. Well, um, yeah, if, um, I mean, we, we kind of didn't spend a whole heap of time talking about the business, but, um, you know, if anyone goes on our, our website, Inspire Accountants, that's, um, that's the work of John and his just, team. Just marriage counselling, Benny. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good outcome too. <laughs> uh, well, you, you think about it, uh, it you, took, you, you look at wealth creation. Obviously, you talk a lot about wealth creation. You know, uh, a wise man once told me the quickest way to get ahead in life is to not get divorced, right? <laughs> so, so, and it's much, as we said, much better outcome for kids and everyone involved. So, yeah. Do the hard work on, on yourself and the marriage, and that'll just actually help you have a better business, a more profitable business, better relationships, just more fun in life generally. Yep, absolutely. Um, but yeah, if, if people do want to uh, get in touch with you, we'll we'll send them a link to the, uh, the website, and there's um, all sorts of information. And I think we can, you can you can even submit an inquiry online. Yep. Yep, sure can. Sorry, I just muted that barking dog in the background. You <laughs> uh, <laughs> can forget the, the breed again. It's something uh, new. <laughs> spitzy poo. It's the spitzy, spitzy poo. poo. Yeah, <laughs> she's actually just literally walked in the door. Do you, do you want a guest appearance of the Spitzy poo? Yeah. Well. All right, here we go. Louisa, Maisie's going to be famous on the podcast. <laughs> there we go. Uh, check out the video, anyone listening. There is a well, very well-groomed fluffy dog that has just entered the chat. <laughs> uh, very good. Well, um, John, yeah, really appreciate the time um, uh, this afternoon. And, um, yeah, really, I think our listeners will get a lot out of it. Uh, but thanks, mate. Thanks for... Uh, thanks for having us, Benny. Keep, keep doing the awesome work out there in the world. And, uh, yeah, uh, good on you for creating this, uh, this space and this opportunity for people to talk about this stuff. Awesome. All right. Thanks, John. Cool, mate. Okay. See ya. Hey, thanks so much for listening. If you'd like to get in touch with today's guest, you can find their contact information in the show notes in the podcast section of our website at inspire.business. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the Young Family Small Business Podcast, be sure to subscribe, leave a rating and a review. Also, do join our Facebook community. You can find that by going to youngfamilysmallbusiness.com. And if you're interested in speaking with an Inspire accountant, head to inspire.business forward slash chat, where you can book a free 20-minute strategy call. And lastly, to catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on my Instagram, uh, which is the at symbol Ben Walker CA, or one word, or at inspire underscore accountant. Thanks again and see you next time.